there. Welcome to On the Beat, the podcast that uncovers full frontal male nudity in cinema. My name is Laura, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan. What'd you say, bitch? <gasps> oh, sorry. <laughs> I-, I can tell you a story about That's why really... me and my husband fell out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yes, hello there. Oh, hello there. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> oh my God, this is off the rails. Just like this Twitter feed, um, we're going to talk about the 2020 dark comedy crime film Zola. Yeah, yay! It's it's a it's a goodie. It's not a greedy, but it's a goodie. I liked it even more when I watched it last night. Yeah, this is the first time I'd seen it. Just going to preface that, so there might be uh, there might be that kind of Ryan's first watching bias that he usually has whenever he watches uh, anything for the first time. So what is that? It's exactly? usually it's usually like things that are usually very good. I kind of just like eh, it's kind of meh for me. But then when I uh, on a repeat viewing, I'm like, yeah, no, that's really really good. Like I say, I keep on bringing up Old Boy. Old Boy is like the best <laughs> example of. Of me being like, well, that was all right, wasn't it? That was kind of messed up, but then it turned into one of my favorite movies of all time. So I love Josh Brolin. So <laughs> love him. Yeah, that Spike Lee joint was something real so special. Good. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was great. Um, Speaking yes. of great, uh, this film stars Taylor Page as Zola, Riley Keough as uh, Stephanie, Nicholas Braun as Derek. And Coleman Domingo as X and <laughs> X. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, his name's never really uttered. You just it, know it's it the. Is it? Because he makes Derek <laughs> say it. <laughs> and um, I don't know if I'm going to do it justice and pronounce it properly. So I'm going to leave it. Yeah, probably. Leave it out. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> this. Oh. I Succession hadn't come out yet, I think, when I saw this for the first time, or if it had, I hadn't watched it. So I was watching it last night and I go, I oh my gosh, it, Cousin yeah. Greg. It would have been it would have been a fledgling show by this time. Or at least if if anything, we can double check. It might have only have been one season in. Yeah, I can I mean but I hadn't I only watched Succession. So like Succession's like only last year. Three seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense with it being on a year to year basis. Um, that it probably would have only have started in 2020. But uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, 2018. Oh, okay. Well, we were well off. Um, yes. I came to it late. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's remarkably, he's very good in this. But it's kind of like you're looking at it with the, yeah, the, with the hindsight of 2020 of like how he behaves in the succession show. Um so everyone hits it out of the park. Uh, Coleman Domingo yeah. is amazing, but he's always amazing. He's incredibly scary. Um, I, I know. I, I kept thinking he's he's meant to be very scary, but I think he's just a cutie pie. So I wasn't, yeah. you know, like he's a nice pimp. Well, no, he's not. No, he's, horrible. he's not a nice pimp. I mean, is there a nice pimp? Other than um, like Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch, because he's like a nice pimp. I I'm sure know, he's not yeah. the worst. He's probably not the worst. He's probably like his staple of hoes are probably quite comfortable. You he's know? undervaluing that pussy quite a bit. <clears throat> yeah. This is where Zola comes in yeah. to save the day. She does. She comes in and she Pussy's saves the day. Pussy's worth thousands. Yeah. It's like she's she's like, you could do it on the pole for 150. You don't have to, you don't have to sell it for that low. That's right. Yeah. Get um, your money. Yeah. These ladies definitely know how to make some bank like they really do know how to make some bank um like some serious bank but unfortunately it is doing things like not to put you know like strippings strippings i think i have one good stripping story um i was there that night and you did a wonderful (laughs) job on this stage i was blown away i was throwing Um, so many dollar bills at you well there was a girl i used to know who was like a friend of a friend and she did it so that she could pave the way for her to emigrate to australia which she did Oh, nice. so yeah so i think there are some nice stories about it but like obviously it's like uh, it's on the fringes of like slightly slightly darker aspects of like the adult industry as well so it's kind of 
you know, you kind of know what to expect with it a little bit. Um, well, even the well, as we'll get into it, um, we'll we'll talk about uh, Janique Sabravu first. But even Isaiah King, who wrote the original Twitter thread, that Twitter thread is something to it's behold. It's so great. I read it's it when so it came, when she wrote it originally, yeah. and I was enthralled. It was amazing. Yeah, it is amazing still, but. She said when she was in school, like ninth grade or something, they were kind of going around like, what do you want to do? What do you want your job to, you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she goes, you know, I think I'm going to try stripping just wow. for a little bit because yeah. it seems like fun. And everyone was flabbergasted. It's it's a young person's game. It's a young lady's <laughs> yeah. game. Like it's something it's something like I don't think it's a it's not a viable career path. But if you need to make some money and you're good at it. That's, I mean, that's a way to go, and you also that at least at least ten years of it if you wanted to. You could, like, you could make a career of it. But there's, there's a few. I don't know where, where did we watch them? But there's like a slew of stripper documentaries because if you're gonna strip, it's kind of like doing audio visual. Um, you go to Vegas, right? Because Vegas is the place where you can make some serious fucking bank. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where you find yourself in the more elite clubs and stuff. But yeah, we've seen a few of those. I don't know why we watch them. I just put them on for your curiosity's sake. But yeah, those stripper documentaries. Um, it was like stripping through COVID and stuff. Yeah, right? and that was super fucking interesting. It's kind of like how like how porn stars kind of latched on to OnlyFans during COVID. And that's kind yeah. of where they made a lot of serious money um during the the pandemic years but yeah that stuff was just super i just find that stuff to be super interesting and for the most part i think like you can say that like stripping and kind of on the fringes of like the adult industry and i guess like the mainstream acceptance of the adult the adult industries now or at least like um i guess like sex like sex work mm-hmm. um and kind of more accepting it is. Um, yeah, I guess there's just a level of, of open openness to it now where it feels like at least there's a viable path there, even though there are certainly kind of darker edges to it. And I think certainly Zola does have an incredibly dark uh, edge to it. Um, that yeah. I think, it, yeah, that de- definitely like it illustrates... Uh, quite succinctly um why don't yeah. i why don't i throw the synopsis and i'll give you the tagline and then you can tell us about bravo yes because i will need some help with her name pronunciation because she has like janixa is janixa okay yeah. that's fine because i was i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna brutalize this name um because she's got four uh four names a main name and then a couple of middle names or no she has like a kind of triple barrel thing going on oh cool i just have janique Bravo. but so the synopsis i pulled from letterboxd is a waitress agrees to accompany an exotic dancer her put-upon boyfriend and her mysterious and domineering roommate on a road trip to florida to seek their fortune at a high-end strip club and the tagline is as you can imagine y'all want to hear a story (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah um yeah so i mean good. it's it's pretty much that and i think the thing that makes it more interesting is the fact that it's based on a true story yeah like it's all for the most part completely true and i guess it's kind of like you do find with true stories in general it's kind of like antibacterial wash like it's only 99.9 percent effective so like with these true stories obviously I have to embellish them a little bit in order to make them a little bit more interesting for you know for a, a film going audience. Um, yeah, why not? So let's talk about uh, Janinska. 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 I thought it was. Yeah, I, fuck. It looks I, I like fucked Janixa up already. Yeah, uh, Janinska. Uh, so it's Janinska Michelle Bravo Ford. That's her full name that I found. But nice. she, uh, yeah, her her or effectively her uh, her credit name is Janinska Bravo. Um, so she's an American film director, producer, and screenwriter. I would also say she's also dabbled in some acting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was married to Brett Gelman. Now this is kind of how this is kind of how like kind of sparse and kind of slight her 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 bio is in terms of the stuff that we found online. 
Brett Gelman was in Fleabag, Love, like Stranger Things, you know, that big everyone tall. Everyone knows Brett. Like, well, yeah. I'm not saying everyone knows who Brett Gelman is, but if you look up Brett Gelman, you know who Brett Gelman is. Yeah. They, they were married at one point. I don't know why I needed to bring that up. But it was, I thought, I, also, I, I felt I like it was I also wrote it down, but it's funny that that's the first thing you said about it. Pretty much because there's not she's an awful not lot. Like that. No, she's not. I'm really sorry. Because they're divorced. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> that's why I said used to. Um, but. You know, in terms of her films and stuff like that, Zola is the only credited feature that she has. Um, the only other film of note that really kind of goes around is Gregory Go Boom from 2013, but that's a short. Did There's she also... direct Lemon? I thought she directed Lemon, which Brett Gelman is in. Yeah, but isn't that a TV show? No, it's a movie. I watched it. I did not like it. Okay. Yeah, well, she directed think... Here, look. I know this is a oh, this movie. Okay, well, I must have, yeah, I must have, um, yeah, I must have. I must have overlooked that for whatever reason, unfortunately. Well, either than that, she has like a notable collection of shorts dating back from like 2011 to present day. But there's also quite a lot of TV that she's done. And also she's done a little bit of acting for TV. And Zola comes out in 2020. I can't remember when Lemon came out. It was Lemon before was Zola? 2017. Yeah. So that's effectively probably her feature film debut is Lemon. Um, because like I said, there's not there's not a, an absolute ton of stuff that she's that she's done. But for for the for the purposes of this, um, Zola's definitely uh, a pretty good follow up to Lemon. I think she did a short called "House Comes with a Bird" that I watched, and it has Pedro Pascal in it. Oh, okay. She's active. Yeah, she's active. She's making stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry if I did I did her her biography a little bit of a disservice, but uh, yeah. But then, like you know, it's not like I'm expecting these these you know I guess like quasi celebrities like these 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 members of the film industry to disclose every single personal detail about their careers online so that we can <laughs> we can talk about it on a podcast certainly for me to like butcher her thermography to the point where i forget one of the movies that she directed as well but um yeah um it, it's unfortunate but yes anyway i'm sorry and i also butchered her name like i mean i just guess that's just the way it goes with me when it comes on this podcast i do it too it's okay 70 episodes in and it's like yeah it's ryan okay. ryan still doesn't know how to how to say certain things <laughs> but anyway i have so much information before yeah. we even talk about the film i have like so much stuff i, I mean the thing is is like uh, the info is what makes i think is what makes these episodes uh quite interesting Oh, well, good. Because you I'm can. I'm glad my research. Well, people, people can just like. people can just go watch the film. You know what I mean. I hope that they do. Yeah, I hope they do as well. Because as of the recording of this, it's on Tubi, which I love Tubi, which is completely free. The Wild West of streaming. Absolutely, um, yeah. Tubi's my fav- like one of my favorite streaming services, and it's free. You can see everything on there. Like I said, really I think I've, I think I've already pointed out that you can see that uh, that Donald Trump versus. Uh, china movie where he comes back as like an alien clone Jeez! even though he never technically left so <laughs> our last couple movies i think are on there maybe not naked but not naked i don't think but um well, wetlands is on there wetlands is definitely on there but like i say it's the wild west of streaming if you're you ever yeah like you don't need netflix what are you doing getting Netflix? Ew, just, get, just get Tubi. yeah that's right yeah you don't even have to get it you just, okay anyway so uh the film is based like the film's based on a um, Rolling Stone article, but obviously the Rolling Stone article is based on the original 148 Twitter thread. Yeah. So the book or the the article was written by David Kushner. It was called Zola Tells All the Real Story Behind the Greatest Stripper Saga Ever, tweeted um, by Isaiah Zola King. Um, so she wrote those tweets in October of 2015. She was 19 at the time. She was working at Hooters and, you know, she just wrote this thread about meeting a stripper named Jessica. And, you know, the story had like prostitution, murder, attempted suicide. It got super popular online. Like, for example, Ava DuVernay tweeted, there's so much untapped talent in the hood, (laughs) which I love because Zola replied, I'm not from the hood, though, Ava. I'm a suburban bitch. Still love you, though. (laughs) 
Oh, good for her. Yeah. yeah fucking, She's like, I'm not from the hood. Like, Yeah, well done for We're not fucking, all from the hood. Like, yeah. Calm down. Your um, classist identity. Like, <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. But apparently, well done. she'd posted and removed the story twice before. Because she like it wasn't getting the traction she wanted, okay. So then she started making it like funnier and a little bit more like darkly funny while preserving like what what happened. Okay. Um. So are you trying to tell me that like the thing is is like and what I think is most interesting about it is that she's live tweeting as it's happening. I know. So I read that and I thought that was confusing. Yeah, a little bit. So. I mean, that's what she said. Okay. So I'm not sure exactly how that went down. Totally up to her. Like, I mean, I guess in the moment, unless you're an incredibly talented scribe, with some of the things that happen, at least as they're depicted in the movie, you might not be as eloquent as you want to be. <laughs> yeah. And certainly this is Gen Z as fuck. Like, big time. Like, there's certain, there is certainly aspects of the movie that I would even say and make me sound like a grandpa um that like i'm like i'm like what does that mean like why is she saying that for you know so it does feel very much like a generational like it's settled in a generational bubble that's um like seeded within a very particular kind of subculture of with 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 the youth like the young people (laughs) um um so about a month after the the thread went uh, i hate saying the word viral um David Kushner from Rolling Stone, that's when he published the article. He interviewed people involved in the story. Um, the article noted some inconsistencies in the stories, but uh, <laughs> but King admitted to like embellishing some of the more sensational details, but most of the people involved admitted to the general gist of the, the story. So, okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the film does a very good job of putting it together, doing it in a very stylistic and quite vibrant way. Yeah. Um, and it it basically wraps it all up in about 80-something minutes. Chef's kiss. I will say, though, that even at 86, there are parts of it that feel a little slow. So, like, it's almost as if, like, the original pacing of the movie, it feels a little bit inconsistent. Well, it's really um, fast, 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 it's fast. It's very, very fast, Like, yeah. when you get to the scene, you know, like, 30 minutes in, when you get to, like, the dick scene, you're like, whoa, like, we're already here. This is insane. There's a lot of, yeah, and that's kind of more, yeah, we'll get into that when we get to it. But the thing is, is that there's there's very quite vibrant stylistic flourishes in it that I don't think feel consistent from beginning to end and i feel like that's more down to like personal preference because i do like i like how it opens i like how it starts um obviously a24 does tend to have films that kind of feel like yeah they have a particular flavor i guess is probably the way that i would take and you can take that as a positive and negative Um, like a florida flavor I do I do like it when they get to Florida cuz you're just like holy fuck we're in Tampa and we've <laughs> we've been to Tampa and it is it's a rough experience going to Tampa. Yes. Um that was where we had that time where we we witnessed an argument happening in the street and a guy pulled a gun on his girlfriend. I know. We're listening to like CCR and we had just bought a bunch of movies from Viper Video yeah. in Tampa and then a guy pulled a gun out on somebody in the street and, and the it was window, like 3 the wind, p.m. Yeah, the window was down. Bright daylight. Window was down and you're like, the sat-nav is telling me to go like towards them and I said, just turn right. Just turn right. <laughs> We don't need to follow them. We I can love, just we can go it. somewhere else. Yeah, it was wild. But it, was it was a really also, fun yeah. time in Tampa. I had a great time. We did. Yeah, that was that was good time. So really, it does stay true to form um, with that thing. And I mean, to say that, like, you know, oh my god, it's Tampa. Like Florida in general is just because we live here. It's so fascinating. It's yeah. so interesting. So many weird, quirky things going on in Florida and for what it's known for. So I think it's funny that A24 keeps coming back. Like, they love Florida. Florida, Florida film, Project. Yeah. Didn't they do Florida Project? Maybe. Um, Spring Breakers. Yeah, maybe. Florida. I don't, yeah, I don't tend to keep up with, like, the branding of it because I feel like the A24, just as a brand, I feel like becomes... Uh, someone who's interested in films, their identity. 
it didn't used to be that way. Like at the no. time when this came out, they're, that under they're, the, under they're the skin, yeah, and... under the skin is an E twenty four film. Yeah, and you wouldn't think of it as an E twenty four film. It's just a film that they released. Because I think that's what happened. Like you know, around twenty 2020, twenty, pre twenty twenty, you know, you just have sprinkles of of different interesting t- types of films. Yeah. And now now it has like a style that it didn't used to have. Yeah. It's but the that's okay. it's the counterculture, like the juxtaposition to you've got your A twenty four people, but then it's kind of almost like like you've also got like your film bros who've like stolen certain things because of what certain films say to them. And I, I kind of feel like widening. it's very similar. I think it's widening out a bit too. Like you're getting more different companies that are putting out interesting work you know neon is one for example neon is the is the good alternative i feel like to a24 if you feel like a24 has like dirtied your opinion (laughs) of like because other people are just so vehement about it that's my only kind of thing with it is that it's it's like knowingly it's like people are knowingly pretentious about the whole thing when really i don't think even a24 think is, is that they just want to put out quality films okay you know? i have more stuff carry on so originally back in 2016 james franco and his company bought the rights to the the twitter feed makes sense that's something so, he would do james franco was involved james franco was originally set to direct but around 2018, it was put on the shelf because allegations of sexual misconduct. We haven't seen a lot of James Franco lately. No, we haven't really. Because he's got creep vibes, which, I mean, come on. Gone are the days of Pineapple Express. Yeah. Yeah. So. I thought hurricane season was over. <laughs> yeah. So um, in June of 2018, Janique Sabrava was attached to direct. Yeah. With A24 as the distributor. Yeah. So originally Taylor Page passed on the film because when when James Franco was attached, because she said it was originally just two white men trying to have a black voice. The writing felt very sexist and racist. I mm. didn't jive with the tweets. It didn't jive with the tweets that I'd read. Yeah. So when, you know, it switched hands into like the the very capable hands of Bravo, um, you know things obviously turned around there are there are some incredible um black cinema stylings and it has such a black voice um interwoven into it that um yeah i think it's i think it's a real staple of of at least modern black cinema um i think it's an incredibly incredibly well put together um, piece of cinema of that movement um and i think it really benefits from having that that level of styling to it yeah um because you can look at this and i think that's one of the that's one of the key key signaling features of uh of of black cinema is just a real sense of individualism and style um and i think that there's some just some nice little flourishes in this film that i think really kind of characterize it as part of that movement so yeah i'd hate to see a film version that that franco and that made so there were some films that that bravo had the cast and crew watch just to kind of get into the vibe coffee was one of them fuck yeah that movie's great <laughs> right? pam greer that's awesome that movie and then you know some stripper movies so like natural born killers showgirls killing of a chinese bookie uh, paris is burning and then um also the wiz and the wizard of oz were references more for bravo and okay. she had taylor page's main costume kind of pay homage to like dorothy oh okay that's With that, cool you know that um Oh, I don't. It's not plaid, but whatever. The blue, like that blue, like two piece that she the was wearing. The blue two piece, yeah. I've not seen the Wiz in a very long time. Yeah. Um. I. It's probably more interesting than the Wizard of Oz, but I do like the Wizard of Oz still to this day. Uh, the film was shot on sixteen millimeter. Uh, that's plain to see. That's yeah. <laughs> already yeah. That was already in my notes. Yeah, and uh, production lasted uh, for twenty seven days. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's interesting because Taylor Page actually worked as a stripper for a month, um, and she said it proved both beneficial as a research uh, project and a source of income. Yeah. She was like, I actually really needed the money. I was like, fuck it. Why don't I just go in undercover and see what it's like? It turned out to be much more of an emotionally shaping experience than she had anticipated. 
She said, I just wanted to have a sense of agency before I left to go do the movie. And what better place than working in a strip club where it's eat or be eaten? Yeah. I didn't want to look like an actor trying to dance. I didn't want to look like a dancer trying to strip. I wanted to look like this person in the given circumstances who works at a restaurant and also dances. Yeah, that the uh, she's so good. Yeah, the stripping stuff's actually very she's amazing, very like, good. All like everything she does is amazing. Yeah, throughout the um, she's like. Did they Ugh. both do their own their own dancing then in the movie? Did they do their own stripping in the movie? And yeah. we say stripping because like you don't really see them strip technically. It's just um, they do a lot of pole work and that's. There's kind of not a lot of nudity. There's, there's not actually, really a lot of nudity. There's. This is where the balance. There's no female. There's no female, female nudity. nudity. No, and there's also like I don't know if anyone's aware. Like there's certain laws and rules uh are state dependent as well depending on it's not necessarily state either i think it's city by city and city by city okay yeah because there's some places in south florida where you could do full nude and there's other places where you can't even show your nipples correct basically so yeah Yeah, in orlando you can't go full nude okay and i get in tampa as well so huh yeah, because that's yeah. That, back in Scotland, that's not the case. I think full nude was always um, it was always relegated to like private shows and stuff like that. At least in the strip clubs that I I saw in like Edinburgh and stuff that I didn't go to or pay any money to. <laughs> um, so the real, you know, uh, the real Zola wanted the film to retain the spirit of the original story, and she said that there's like already a lot of misrepresentation when it become, when it comes to sex work. It's either a bit too glamorized or a bit too dehumanized. Yeah. So I think that keeping it accurate to my actual experience was the most necessary thing. Yeah, I think I think what's nice about it, and I say nice, it's weird, but I think what's nice, at least accurate about it, is that sex work is work. Like, you're there to work. Um, so there is that aspect about it where there's a fun element like you would have if you were at work, but you are there to make money. Like that is primarily the main focus there. And it's, you know, it feels relatively quite, um, devoid of any emotion, which I kind of feel like it needs to have, but at least that, like, I at least got that, that feeling that it's, uh, yeah, that it's like this is this is work. Like we're here to work. When they first get I'm I'm kinda gonna jump into the film now, I think. Yeah. But when they first get to that the club in Tampa. Yeah. And the music comes on, she's cleaning the pole, she's looking around, and yeah. she starts dancing. And then you you just have that moment where she is kind of on the ground, she's in a split and she's looking around and you just hear glasses, you hear murmuring you just see these like dudes and she's just looking around you know she's just working but then you can see how bleak it is i think the thing was was that she's traveled all this way to go make money stripping and the place is fucking dead yeah like it's not there's not going to be because there's um in the clubs that she was working she was getting showered with cash and stuff like yeah. it was slightly different. So here it's kind of like, oh, I'm taking this greasy 20 note from a, the guy in the front and he's got like a, a dirty white t-shirt on. Yeah. Like it's not it's not what she felt like she was promised. Oh, certainly not. So no. I think, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I really like that this moment. I don't know if it stood out to you as much as it did to me, maybe. Um, but when they're in the rest stop, when they're on their way to Tampa yeah. and they're in the restroom, yeah. And you just see the difference between the two of them. Like Zola's not sitting on the toilet seat. She's hovering above it. And uh is it St- it's Stephanie, right? And Stephanie, she's yeah. sitting on the toilet seat, which I'm like I wipe the toilet seat, you know. Yeah, we I didn't like see her down. wipe the toilet seat. Also there's a big difference in the color of their pee. Yes, you know exactly. That. Yeah. So um, like one's slightly more dehydrated than the other. Yes, yes, exactly. Bravo said that it's uh it's meant to tell you everything there is to know about both of these women. Before they got here, after they leave here, how they engage with hygiene, what's coming out of their body, and it tells you that that whole story. Yeah. That's what she said. I'm like, yeah, yeah. pretty much. As yeah. we find out from Riley Keo's character, as we kind of yeah, we kind of move closer and closer into the movie. Um Yeah, she's slightly more she's yeah, she's I mean, she's a prostitute. She has a pimp. I don't know. She's, I don't know if you would call. She's having sex for money. 
I mean, she's she's prostituting. I think that's that's the thing that you can jump in and out of, though. You know, it's not like I wouldn't call her a prostitute because she's not in the street. You know, she's just doing. I mean, she's. She, I don't know if there's any nicer way to put it. Like, she's either a prostitute or she's a hooker, or she's because she has a pimp. He's definitely a pimp. Yeah. So, like, is she an escort? Is like she's like doing specialist. I don't know if you need to define it into a word like that. I mean, okay. she does. She, you know, occasionally has sex for money. I'm I don't think that's to... something she does all the time. Okay. But... Well, I was trying to like come up with a term that described her like line of work, and I think either one of those is perfectly they had a, valid. They had a different way of explaining it. You know, when they meet, you know, X, it's like he takes care of me. Like, okay, that's the way of saying you know, and I. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, that's ways yeah, but like th- that that whole like that whole culture, like that whole thing is is all based around like don't say what it actually is because like you know it's against the law. Right. Like it's that's that's kind of that's always been the way that it's been. I mean, that's like fucking. I mean, that's what they say in Taxi Driver, you know. But yeah. that's again, that's child prostitution. That's slightly <laughs> different. Um, yeah, it's kind of gross, you know. Where like Harvey Keitel's got that one long fingernail for like sniffing coke, and you know he's never he's just referred to. Yeah, he's referred to as like you know her special friend, <laughs> all this sort of thing. Ew. So yeah, it's really fucked up and horrible. Um, so uh, there's also a moment when they're in the Tampa club, and. They're in the dressing room, kind of like the backstage area, and I noticed a moment where there's a woman, and she's got a veggie platter, and she's pouring ranch into a bowl Yep. with a veggie platter, and I laughed so hard, and I had to text uh, a friend who's who's danced before, and I asked her, when you were working backstage, did anyone ever bring a veggie platter, like, into work? Okay. And she goes, we never got food. <laughs> <laughs> no celery sticks for the ladies. Oh, dear. So... Maybe that was just a nicer club than the ones that she had worked at where you got a veggie platter. Maybe. She was like a nice old lady, though, who was kind of going around and and like making sure that they were, you know, they were fed and probably I don't hydrated know if that, and stuff. I don't know if that exists in a in certain clubs. You it's know? an interesting thing. That's why the film is only 99.9% uh, accurate to and it's, the, it's that the reality. It's 0.1% that's the veggie platter. It's false. The veggie platter <laughs> is the added little flourish that didn't need to be there. So, you know. I liked it. But it's a, it's again like a veggie platter. doesn't need to be at the party, but it's appreciated if it's at the party. Absolutely. Yeah. You'd, you would snacks. miss it if it wasn't there. But if you don't have any carrots, that's okay. You don't have to have any carrots. But, you know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have something other than just like a meat or like a cracker, maybe a little bit of cheese. Like sometimes you want the watery, you know, crunchy texture of a carrot, dipping it into some ranch, you know, just to kind of change things up a little bit. Let's get a veggie platter. Just for dinner? Right now, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I remember that time we uh, we met your father and he brought that meat platter that he got and he's like who's like hungry half frozen in the hotel <laughs> fridge like, he's like would you yeah. like this i'll defrost these slices it was of fucking meat defrosting he's like i think the fridge is up too high <laughs> yeah no shit the crackers are all soggy it was yeah that's probably one of the saddest meals i think i've ever had in my life um to the point where i think we took it from him and we bend it yeah <laughs> so well it's not um, it's not for me anyway you know? No, it was literally only for me. And that would have, yeah, it would have felt like the saddest moment of my life. Men love a meat platter. Okay, continue. <laughs> continue. <laughs> you jump into the, into the dick scene yes, if you want. Yes, we should. Okay. We are here. Okay. Well, there's two pretty close together in the same, in the same room. Pretty so, much. you know, it's at the point where Zola figures out that it's not completely a ruse but she's definitely been misled she's definitely been misled to the point where i'm like i'm like is she here because there's an insinuation as well as that she's not the only she's not been the first yes um but there's also this idea where it's like well if she's a stripper maybe she'll want to make the extra money i.e start having sex with folk yeah i think that's what that is um and it's weird because they're like, oh, they don't let her go home, and she's kind of she's kind of just stuck around, and she's uh, well, yeah, because uh, X, uh, Coleman Domingo's character, 
he's like, I know where you live. That's the moment where, where they were in the car and then his accent yeah. changes. And she's like, what is going yeah. on? She's he like, gets, I want to leave. Yeah. I'm not going to have sex with people. I, you know, I did what I came here to do. Like, I'm ready to go. And he's like, yeah. bitch, I know where you live. He pulls a, I'm the captain now moment, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, like, it is interesting. And also, like, Zola is portrayed. Um, she's a she's a very strong, f- independent, you know, female character. Yeah, incredibly intelligent. Oh, fuck yeah. She's not going to take shit. Well, she she'll mu- take shit up to the point where she yeah, will she, avoid well, she will not, hurt. <laughs> yeah, she will not be fucked with, I mean, for the most part. Um, yeah. Which is, I think, Huge yeah, it's incredibly endearing. Self-preservation. Like, fuck yeah. I think you kind of have to be, though, because you are working in strip clubs where, yeah. you know, bad shit can happen to you. You're yeah. going to be dealing with rough people for the most part. Desperate boners, you know. So... <laughs> Um, so she's basically in the in the nice hotel, being her the doorman suite, yeah. watcher person. I guess kind so of like these... her minder. Yeah, um, making sure nothing goes wrong. Yeah, but like she's been she's been part of this. Like she's been inadvertently um, brought into this ruse where there's like uh, like her picture was put up online with her. So men were like, I can like wanting to have sex with either one because to the point where it's just like you know obviously riley q is white and you know taylor is uh taylor is black um there is some there is some like backhanded like racism <laughs> that uh that that finds its way into the film as well once yeah, these that, clients start to come in that yeah. leads us in perfectly so it's about 35 minutes 25 seconds yeah five minutes away. So it's Stephanie's first customer, right? Oh, this motherfucker. This guy. <laughs> yeah, like he just he came in not riding a Harley, but a bike of equal size and probably worse gas mileage. Like he is um yeah, he's a big racist fuck as well when he comes in. So he probably is a biker. He's got the long scraggy hair and he looks like he's, he's straight out of the devil's rejects, yeah. Yeah. The first thing he says, he looks at Zola and he goes, I ordered a white chick. <laughs> and she's like, God damn it. Why don't you get your fucking ass in here? I'm not um, I'm gonna I'm not gonna have sex with you anyway. So that's not the that's not the point. Yeah. Stephanie's wearing like a schoolgirl outfit and he brought her something and I don't know what it, I couldn't tell what it was. Could you see what it was? Um no. It's like a little box of something. <sighs> Unless, like, he wanted her to wear something or whatever. Maybe. I do like that moment where they're in the bathroom and Stephanie's like, how do I look? And she's do you like, or do you like what I'm wearing? And she's like, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, such, like, basic, like, basic bitch, like, um, like, fantasy stuff. It's like, oh, my God, you're a schoolgirl, you know? It's like, that's, like, the sort of men that she's dealing with are, like, on that kind of level. How old are you? (laughs) Old enough. (laughs) It's, like, eye-rolling stuff. Like, it's wild. Yeah. He, so, you know, as they're going to have sex, because that's the deal, uh, he starts taking his clothes off, and he leaves his socks on. I love that. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Um, and then, I mean, if you're having sex in Scotland, I mean, it's it's good to leave your socks on. It's chilly, yeah, because it's cold. What you're gonna in... you're gonna you're gonna bust a nut and then you're gonna have to walk to the bathroom or something. That floor is gonna be chilly. You get slippers by the side of the bed. Of course you could, but then it's like you, sometimes you got to get there quickly, you know. Okay. I guess. <laughs> Thanks for the notes. In that right, fellas. <laughs> Uh, then Zola says this the, this amazing line that she says more than once. They start fucking. It was gross. It's great. It's like my so favorite good. line in the entire movie, and it's like a recurring joke. I fucking they love start it. Fucking. It was yeah. Because they start like they were fucking, and like you know, because he's taking all these clothes off, and it's all mostly seen in the wide. And and uh, Zola's in the corner, kind of like the Blair Witch. She's like not <laughs> seeing, like not looking at what's going on. Um, but because it's all in a wide and it, the cuts to the reverse, which is also a wide, but they're in the foreground, like masking frame. So you can kind of see their, well, his naked frame. And then obviously, um, Stephanie's like near to naked frame. Um, but again, I love that. And I, it, it just, 
yeah, I just realized it. Like, I, there's no no boobs. And Riley Keough has taken her clothes off and, and a bunch of stuff before. But she's yeah. like, it's weird. Like, it's kind of cool. This is the one of the few movies where I don't get naked. There's no need for it, I don't think. Also, I kind of... It's funny for the type of movie that it is. Like, I love, I love it. For a film that's about... You don't miss it. You don't yeah. think about it. For a film that's about strippers, like, they're actually... I mean, I don't know. T- Taylor looks amazing. Yeah. Um, because, like, she wears some quite, relatively quite skimpy clothing, like, all the way through the course of it. Like, she, yeah, she she looks she looks phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, like, you don't need the nudity in order to sex it up anymore, I don't think. Certainly no. not from the female perspective, because, again, like... You know, the let, like, you know, the intimation, like, the attraction element, like, you know, like, it, it starts, to, it is, it is obviously the, uh, the sexiness kind of goes off the scale when it's, when it's like that. Um, but in this, yeah, in this regard, because we see everything in a wide, I just don't, like, part of me is like, how, like, this sex scene, and it's not really a sex scene, really. It's kind of just like the the beginnings of it because you don't see you don't see the sex that much. Um, but like, it does it feel dirty? Does it feel kind of like gross? It kind of does a little bit. I don't think that the act of it. I don't think that it is gross. But I just think because no. it's the man, the dude's kind of gross. I think like. What it's trying to do, because we're gonna we're gonna go into the next dick scene, which is kind of more like a dick explosion. Um, it's kind of like, I guess, like what it's trying to do is is they're trying to juxtapose this quality of client with the quality of the clients that follow afterwards when Zola steps in and effectively like tries to to completely. Um, I guess like she helps her marketing. Yeah, it changes our marketing up a little bit so that she can offer like five five hundred to like a grand for a session instead of the hundred and fifty bucks that obviously X has put on her. Yeah. Where really she's gonna get a quality of person that's maybe not the best. Um but yeah, I think that's at least like that was my feeling on it. Uh- yeah, I, I do. I, I do think. I do think it was. Yeah, I do think it's kind of just like you're. You're. You're really looking at it from Zola's perspective. Really, I mean, you're looking at it and you're just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of gross. Like yeah. it's not particularly sexy. It's like you watch the mechanics because I always like that. I like that whenever you're watching, you know, the act of people trying to have sex or the act of people preparing to have sex it's the mechanics of taking your clothes off and getting in the position and getting yourself aroused and then it's like are you ready you know the lights are on like it's a big (laughs) big wide room very bright you know and i Gone are the days of like the eighties sex scene. Well, that is not you know. that would not be appropriate here anyway because that is no. not the point. Because no one's in love. Because like you were saying, <laughs> it's a job. They are work. She's working. We are making money. Yeah, That's we right. are making fat stacks of cash on this ass. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, it's like right after that, you know, that wide, you know, you you see the the first tricks penis. Yes. Um. <laughs> Pinus. Pinus. Uh, so that's why you say it like, like you that. were saying yeah. that Zola kind of helped Stephanie with her sex marketing. So yes. she's like, I think I started off the podcast with that, you know. Pussy is worth thousands, bitch. Yeah. yeah they do. Yeah, they call each other bitch a lot. Um yes, bitch. which is fine. Yeah. But yeah, she has a point, you know. Because oh the thing yeah. is, yeah, it's kind of like if you're freelancing in any profession, like is if your rates are high enough, like you will garner the respect that you deserve if your rates are according to what you provide. Um, and for her, she's providing a quality experience, I guess. Um, you would hope. That's worth far more than what she was currently she was currently marking herself as. Yeah. So the next scene is our, our penis montage. Gotta love, gotta love a penis montage at 41 minutes, 51 seconds is when it starts. Yeah. So this is after Zola remarkets her on Backpage, $500 a pop, the boys start coming in, yeah. and you get kind of a, 
it, I guess, a very interesting kind of montage of all of these guys. I would say it's a undressing. slew of weird Florida men. Weird Florida penises. Yes. But here, I don't want to say weird Florida penises. I know there's there are some that are very well, interesting. That's why I said men. There's one that's very shocking. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. at the same time, it's like you're given a, I guess, like a cross section of Florida men who would frequent a prostitute for that amount of money. So you're kind of got your older men and, you know, like maybe people are slightly, you know, maybe emotionally detached and they, you know, they have trouble talking to women, but they still want to get laid, like all this sort of thing. Like, it feels like you're given a much broader uh, sense of uh, all these people. And it's quite a lot of folk. It's like maybe eight to ten different people that we see over the course of it. Yeah. And the sequence itself, and I guess I'll try and like truncate it as best I can. It's kind of like a picture in picture with a bunch of wipes mm-hmm. of each person running through the same set of actions, the same set of positions, and the same outcome. But we intercut into it over the course of this period so that you see a bunch of people at the start, you see a bunch of other people in the middle, you see a bunch of people near the end so that you're never it's never repeating so it's never the same person twice but you see a beginning a middle and an end for the entire sequence yeah. it's all wipes and of just them basically undressing basically them undressing Belt's and then obviously getting pulled out. belts getting pulled out penis is getting pulled out penis is getting pulled out people having sex um and then obviously climaxing um <laughs> so yeah. but you never feel at any point like it feels like it's backtracking or going back to you know another part of the process of the actions and things it's like it's a it's a seamless moment basically i just want to applaud it for showing different penises they are all 100% real and all 100% original yeah it just thank you for putting different penises out into the world yeah because it's important which I'm not gonna get into a rant about it but I don't like prosthetics because it just sets up unrealistic expectations yes for everybody and I guess the the best way to put it like they're all different shapes and sizes yeah and, and you're kind of just they're like human penises they're very yeah. thunk. it's incredibly human I mean there is the one that's obviously very shocking kind of looks like he either stuck his dick in a fucking beehive maybe there's and one it's where kind of his very incredibly bulbous gigantic oh, but then God. his penis is like on the side yeah that is that the one you're talking about yeah yeah it looks like was... elephantitis it looks of, like of the, the it's testicles. a problem. Yeah, it looks like it, it has a problem. Like he has to yeah. go get something. Sorry, well, just that. like the way that the penis isn't in the front; it's like all on the side. Like yeah. it's very interesting. It's just like a yeah. It's just like a you know <laughs> like a wrecking ball like clashing yeah. against her. Um, yeah, but sorry, I think we don't mean to like you know. We never comment on <laughs> certain things. The... It's just like you'll see that moment. You'll be like, whoa, geez. Um, yeah yeah but it's, it's good like, it's important and it's interesting and i yeah, love it it's incredibly truthful because i feel like yeah i feel like we you, not that you're spoiled but certainly you're always second guessing and certainly like characters and things certainly certain characters in movies and stuff like that like there's an expectation that if you're gonna see some dick you're gonna see something that's quite let's say for want of a better word like prominent prominent or or pretty prominent or like very photogenic it's the it's kind of what happened with like barry keoghan right and saltburn where like oh i'm glad you're you have a nice looking penis yeah because then people would comment on it yeah and there'd be probably negative energy around it and it's kind of like at least with this you know these are very normal people in effectively you know very truthful sort of situation like if you're gonna have sex with someone who's who's offering their services for money um you're gonna get a slew of people regardless of you know you're going to go through with that process regardless of what they've got going on downstairs right. you know um because that's a job yeah because it's the job and the reality of the situation is that you'd see a whole slew of different people doing you know with very different looks and and things so you know it's it's not manufactured to make sure that it's the most uh appealing and it's the most um 
like easy to digest you know i think that that's the kind of what's that show back home it's like naked attraction yeah you know it's kind of very similar to that where you know it's not just dudes that are obviously showing off their bits and bobs but also you know women but then you're kind of seeing a very wide spectrum of people who are really kind of putting themselves out there and there's you know like everyone's you know Everyone's beautiful in their own way. So, you know, you're not dealing with people who probably fit into the mainstream expectations of beauty. Yes. And I think that needs to be showcased more often. I think it's getting better. I think because of... I don't know. I think, well, I think because of like social media and certain ways, like people of very different shapes and sizes um, and traits, uh, you know, they have a platform to show that off. Now, does that mean they'll be... Uh, they'll be safe from negativity probably not but there will be an audience for them that does appreciate that i'm glad that these people who work in prosthetics in film in special effects in you know makeup and design are working uh good for you for having a job yeah, but, but I'd rather they just weren't, work on yeah. like making cool creatures and practical effects. Yeah, I'm not interested in seeing rubber dicks and stuff. So weird. Yeah, I don't really. I'm not really that interested in it at all. No. Um. Yeah, but so in the course of that scene, I wrote, I did some math because I'm like, if she's doing, uh, each dude at five hundred a pop, she made eight grand that night. Yeah. She only had to have sex with sixteen people. I mean, that's a lot over the course of a night, though. You know what I mean? Like, every 15 minutes. I remember seeing... Because there's there's things like, you know, STDs and STIs. Like, as long as you keep me safe, all that sort of thing. Like, again, condoms aren't 100% effective either. Didn't she yell, like, you better wear a condom to her in the movie? Yeah. I mean, I'd be like, well, yeah, you probably should. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking... Yeah, it's 101. I mean, I don't know. Stephanie's not, like, the sharpest tool in the box either. No. Um, But at the same time... You know, um, yeah, like I don't, don't know what it was, but like I must have seen like a like a documentary on porn or something that followed like young ladies who were just entering the industry and stuff like that. Um, where one of them, their 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 vagina blew up like a balloon because she'd had too much sex. Oh dear! And it looked, yeah, it looked horrific. So yeah, that would be something I would be concerned about if I was doing that. Um, would, yeah, I mean you. That would be like a blowout night. You wouldn't do that every yeah, night. You gotta be, rest. Yeah, you that need would suck. Have a little yeah, put it on ice, you know. No, you probably yeah, you would have to. Yeah, you put it on ice. Like a boxer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I wrote about because I was interested in Riley Keo's accent. Right. Okay. So she had to get special training on how to play a white woman trying very offensively to sound a certain type of black. Oh fuck. Okay. So they yeah, hired that's that's spot on. Yeah. Yeah, that's because absolutely spot on. It's meant to make you uncomfortable. I've seen videos of like white girls who like sing like like black ladies. And it's <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah, like, it doesn't make a, any sense. Cool. <laughs> It's not cool. It's just like, it's like, that doesn't belong to you. Like, that has nothing to do with you. Because, that, again, that's white people in general. Like, they have no culture. They just appropriate, <laughs> they appropriate other people's culture. Yeah, we're terrible. Yeah, awful people. They hate us. We're awful. So they hired a voice coach. Um, her name was Eris Mendoza, who's a mixed woman. So she's half black. And so they would work on the voice and send Bravo the tapes. So halfway through the process, uh, Bravo called Riley Keough and goes, you're holding back. The best version of this is the one where you totally let go and are just, you just get offensive. Good. Okay. So that's what they stuck with. Good. Um, so, you know, the, well, I don't know. Well, I'll say it anyway. So the movie ends with X, you know, they, they basically leave. Like, scot-free after yeah. everything that happened. Um, but I guess the guy who X is based off of um, in real life, was arrested shortly after the experience. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyone who sees the movie, you're kind of, you wouldn't be surprised if Shot that was the case. Holy mother of Christ, yeah. Oh, he's so well, good in this movie. He's really good, yeah. There's a real... He's great in everything. Yeah, but there's a real slew of, like, weird Florida stuff. Like, there's a <laughs> midget on a lounger, and he's like, have a good day. Um, like, 
the only issue I have with the movie is is that ending though, where I just I didn't like the fact that Zola, for the purposes of like X getting them out of that situation, had to get like molested in order for them to be able to escape. Mm. That was my main issue with it. If that didn't I'm sure happen, she didn't like it either. I know, but I was like. I was like, really? And I was like, okay, if that happened in the story, that's all right. But I was just like, I was like, really? Like, after everything that's happened, then there's this. I'm like... The perp got shot, though. He did. Like, he got his comeuppance, but X is a real bad dude. Yeah. Like, he's not a... He's a fucking piece of shit. (laughs) So, I'm just kind of... And he's, like, playing into the situation. And it's like, he doesn't give a fuck about Zola. Like, he's just kind of wanting to save himself and make sure that he gets his, you know, he gets Stephanie out of there because, you know, that's his moneymaker. And I was just like, uh, yeah, it just wasn't really, I just, yeah, I just, that was my one thing that I was just like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. This is what kind of brought the film down for me, in my opinion. Because the last shot of hers are fucking crying in the back of the car. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I was reading, um the uh the twitter feed again and so when they were gonna go back out again to do like more sex work right and uh the boyfriend hears about it he apparently he was like what the fuck again bitch no and then he starts punching himself and (laughs) and zola's like oh god hell no and he goes if you do this again, Jess, I will kill myself. I love you too much. <laughs> and she goes, he's lost in the sauce and his bitch is lost in the game. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, all right. Um, you want to go first? Who cares? I guess it doesn't really matter. Go ahead. Um, Let's do the reviews. I should have prefaced that. Yeah. Let's review it. Let's review it. So... Visibility in context for both of the scenes, and I'll kind of take them all as as one. So for visibility, I mean, it has to be five stars, right? I agree. And obviously the context um, is also five stars because it's all within this moment. And the thing is, is like, there's a real, there's a real difference, a juxtaposition between the two moments as well, where it's like, I kind of feel like you're meant to feel a little bit icky by that first time, but then it yeah. kind of feels quite freeing and... Um, like liberating when we get to that that uh that that uh that montage sequence basically. So yeah, I gave it five stars all the way through for the for the visibility and context. Now for the film itself, it's probably not as glowing as that. Um, I gave it three and a half. I think the film's I think the film's really good. Um. My main issue is that there are parts of it that are slow and it's only 86 minutes. And also that ending, I just, I'm like, it just leaves a real kind of sour taste in my mouth. And obviously if that's the case with the actual story, that's fine. That's okay. I just, I wish that if they're going to take liberties with certain things, you know, I'm not expecting the filmmakers to make me feel better at the end of a film like that. But I feel like there's a slant you can take on it so that you don't come out of it feeling like feeling like total horseshit. Like you've completely destroyed your your titular character by the end of it. And I kinda just didn't really like that. Um so I gave it I did give the film three and a half. But there's some there's some fucking comedy shit in this that is very much worth watching. Um, even they say they start fucking and it was gross. Like it's easily, <laughs> it's easily like one of the funniest parts of the entire movie. So I'm, I'm with you five stars, visibility, context, because, uh, everything I already said, of course, you get a different range of, of nudity and a Petri dish. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. But I do like when they start getting into that process when, you know, it's it's a man after man after man and you see Zola clean the bed, you see Stephanie brushing her hair, like cleaning up, and then it's just another one, another one, another one. Like they get into yeah. a routine about it. And I kind of liked that. It's like she started getting into it in a way of like being the con- the penis concierge, you know, and I thought that was really great. Yeah. And for the film, I, because um, I'd seen it before, I originally gave it three and a half. And then when I watched it last night, I gave it a four. I really liked it. It's very fun. Yeah. And yeah, it's 
I don't know. It's easy. It's short. Thank goodness. And it's incredibly respectful of your so time. It's so good. I don't know. It's yeah. it's totally worth watching. It's it's wonderful. Super fun. Yeah, catch it if you can. <laughs> On Tubi. On <laughs> Tubi. Yeah. Um, great. Well, thanks for watching Zola. I'm glad that you finally watched it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. I'm glad that I do that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh. Coming to you from the Royal Palm Hotel. Fuck yeah, I thought that was what you were going to say because I wrote it down too. Nice. Yeah. Um, can't wait to go to Tampa again. We can do the yeah. Zola tour. We can meet someone with their dirty ass. <laughs> Clean your butt. Clean your butt. <laughs> Clean your butt. <laughs> I do like when he's crying at the end though. I liked it a lot because when he jumps <laughs> off the balcony, he doesn't jump like it's only a one story up. Yeah. And so you're he like, he's like, not going to die. Over. Yeah, he's not going to die. Just but also himself. he ends up on the other side of the pool, which I'm like, okay, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have jumped like 15 feet across horizontally to get on the other side of the pool, but it's okay. I Either it. way. I liked Either it. Way. He's just crying, bloody. Yeah, I would have been over it and destroyed too so yeah um, anyway thanks thanks for that and cool. um, we'll see you next time we will <laughs> who are you gonna be tonight zola hooters girl 